0: For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another." Tell your neighbor, I am free in Jesus, so watch out. out. All right, you may be seated. We are free in Jesus to live for Jesus and to love like Jesus together. Paul emphasized this togetherness that we share as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus in this passage as he used the phrase, One another for the first time in Galatians. Paul's teaching up to this point has been focused in Galatians on the truth we need to know. Paul's teaching moving forward from this point in Galatians is going to focus on, his focus will be on the truth we need to show. We grow in our faith in Jesus so that we can show our faith in Jesus. And so Paul told us we are to serve one another through love. We're to look for ways and opportunities to bless, to minister, to give ourselves away in service to one another based on our love for one another. Our freedom in Jesus is a freedom to serve not sin. Paul also told us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We are to show God's love, his selfless, sacrificial, giving love to one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and to those God places around us on a day-by-day basis. This was the focus of our Studying God's Word last Sunday, serving one another through love and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. I received this email uh, last Sunday evening from Mark and Lana Broberg, and uh, they were sharing this word with me of encouragement based on our time of studying God's Word and how the Holy Spirit of God uh, led them to apply the Word from last week. They said this with all the things we needed to do today, Lana and I decided that since we had weeds growing up, up in our yard. Lana mowed the property and we had it treated for weeds this week. Our neighbor also had weeds over a foot tall throughout his yard. So Lana and I got into action. Lana mowed his one acre lot and I ran the weed eater. Our neighbor came out and said, Lana did not need to do that. Lena stopped, shared your message from the Word of God, and said she wanted to show him our neighborly love. He said, okay, but be careful with your mower. His wife later just came over and gave us this gift, and they had sent me a picture of this box of Lady Godiva chocolates. Said, we did get blessed by blessing our neighbor mostly because they knew why we did it, and they were encouraged. Go, God, go. Amen? Say that with me. Go, God, go. What a great, great testimony of serving one another through love, of loving literally our neighbor as ourself. Now open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5. Hopefully you're there already. We're going to continue in our study through this passage. We've made our way to verse 16 and I want to jump into verse 16 and following this morning Galatians chapter 5. Paul wrote these words in verse 16. Paul wrote, I say then walk by the Spirit. Say that with me out loud. Walk by the Spirit. And you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. This verse explains how we reap God's blessings. This verse points the way to spiritual growth and maturity. This verse reveals God's desire for each one of us each day. This verse summarizes God's desire for us. It it summarizes the key to living the Christian life. This verse tells us how to walk in obedience to God and the truth of his word. Paul wrote, so I say then, walk by the Spirit. Our freedom in Jesus is not a freedom to walk in sin. Our freedom in Jesus is a freedom to walk by the Spirit. We serve one another through love. We fulfill the law of love. We love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We resist biting, devouring, and consuming one another as we walk by the Spirit, Walk by the Spirit. Let's take this apart. Walk literally means walk. It means make one's way spiritually. It means make progress spiritually. Walk is a present active imperative. It's a present tense command for you and me to follow today, every day, all through the day. This is not a suggestion to consider. This is not an option in the multiple choice questions of life. Our lifestyle as a follower of Jesus Christ, your lifestyle and my lifestyle, is to be characterized by walking by the Spirit. This is God's command for each one of us each day. Walk. And he said by. Now, two letters but they're powerful. By, it means surrender, it means dependence, it means obedience. Walk by the Spirit. The Spirit is a reference to the Holy Spirit. When God saved us, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's Word. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live out God's Word. The Holy Spirit is our encourager. He is our guide. He is our helper. What Paul is saying here at the beginning of verse 16 is walk by the Spirit. We walk. We make progress spiritually. We make our way spiritually by our surrender to, our dependence on, our obedience to, the Holy Spirit living within us. Walk by the Spirit. If you want to know the key to the joyful Christian life today, walk by the Spirit. If you want to know the key to the joyful Christian life this week, walk by the Spirit. If you want to know what God wants you to do today and this week, walk by the Spirit. If you want to be blessed, walk by the Spirit. If you want to be a blessing to those around you, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. This is a command from Paul to these believers, and from God through Paul to us again this morning. So let's look at a few points about this command so we can apply it in our lives today and this week. The first point is this. We don't walk by the law. We don't walk by the law. The law enslaves people to trying to get to God by the works for God, which is impossible because of our sin against God. The law leads to legalism. As we've been saying over these past months, as we've making our way through Galatians, the law leads to legalism, following strictly, following a spiritual list of do's and don'ts in order to try to earn God's acceptance and approval. Here's the main problem with the law: the law focuses on us and our performance day by day, instead of Focusing on Jesus and his sacrifice for us on the cross of Calvary. Paul shared with us back in Galatians chapter 2 no one ever has been and no one ever will be justified by God by the works of the law. So we don't live by the law. Secondly, we don't walk by the flesh. We don't walk by the law. We don't walk by the flesh. We have all sinned against God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all turned away from God and are sin against God. There's no one righteous, no, not one. We cannot walk by the Spirit. We can't live for God in our strength and by our wisdom. Being good and doing good works isn't good enough to get us to God. As Paul told the believers in Rome, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So when it comes to our day-to-day life and what God is wanting to do this morning is to remind us by his Holy Spirit in us about what he wants for us today and this week, what he wants for our marriages, our families, our, our jobs, our relationships, our friendships. He's sharing with us again, don't make the mistake today or this week of trying to walk by the law, trying to earn God's blessings and approval by following this spiritual list of do's and don'ts. Don't fall into the trap of thinking God will love you more if you do more good things for him and you don't do as many bad things for him. That focuses on you, not the Savior Jesus. Don't walk by the flesh this week. Don't try to think you can handle life on your own as soon as you leave here today, as soon as you get done with life teams later on this evening. Don't think that the rest of the week you got it, you're on your own, and, and you can handle it, and you can live the Christian life in your strength. Don't walk by the law. Don't walk by the flesh. The third point, Paul said, is we walk by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. Now listen, walking by the Spirit means we humbly surrender ourselves to God each day. We depend on the Holy Spirit in us to empower us to live God's way, not ours, to serve, not sin, to give, not get, to be selfless, not selfish. We surrender humbly ourselves to God. We let God know, God, I have no chance to say no to sin unless I say yes to your Spirit today all through the day. God, help me to live your way every moment of today. That's walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit means humbly surrendering ourselves to God every day all through the day. As we walk by the Spirit, Paul said, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. As we walk by the spirit, this is good news for you and for me. As we walk by the spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. As we walk by the spirit, as we humbly surrender ourselves to God each day, as we allow on the Holy Spirit to live in and through us, we will not walk in sin. As we walk by the Spirit, we will make progress in our walk with Jesus. We'll grow in our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, will we face temptation? The answer is yes. And you all knew even ahead of the answer, yes. As we walk by the Spirit, will we face sinful thoughts? Yes. But here's... The beauty of this passage, as we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry them out. Praise God, as we walk by the Spirit, we will not give in to the temptation or thought and sin against God. Because the Holy Spirit not only empowers us to live for God, but he also is the restrainer that keeps us from giving in to sin against God. This is awesome news for you and for me, which is, again, why it's so important to walk by the Spirit. Almost, you can almost summarize the entire New Testament here in this verse. Walk by the Spirit for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Remember... This is important to remember. We can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. When God saved us, he placed the Holy Spirit in us. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. But we can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we choose to sin against God. When we walk by the flesh. We quench the Holy Spirit. That means we slow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We quench the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives of making us more like Jesus. We slow his work when we sin against God, when we make the choice to sin against God, when we walk by the flesh. And so it's so important, as we walk by the Spirit, We will not carry out the desire of the flesh. That means we will not grieve the Holy Spirit. We will not quench the Holy Spirit because as we walk by the Spirit, the Spirit of God living in us will always lead us to God and the truth of His Word. He will never lead us away from God nor away from the truth of His Word. You and I can rely. We can know that we know that we know that we know right here, right now. As we walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God will never lead us astray from God. Never. He will remind us of this word. He will empower us to live out this word. He will help us to say yes to the Savior and he will restrain us from saying yes to sin. He will keep us from saying yes to sin, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And this is so important for us as we seek to live out our faith in Christ Jesus today and this week. We need this power from the Holy Spirit to live God's way, but we also need this power from the Holy Spirit to restrain us In a lot of cases, from ourselves. I need the Holy Spirit to keep me from me. You know what I'm saying? And so the beauty is, as we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, the fourth point is God has blessed us in the battle. Look at this now. Don't, don't forget this. God has blessed us in the battle. Let's continue in verse 17. Paul says, For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Paul identified the spiritual battle in each one of us. He identified the spiritual battle in each one of us. Now we know already, we know that we have this sinful, fallen, this old sinful nature in us that we received from Adam called the flesh. Each one of us have the old sinful nature that we received from Adam, it's called the flesh. The flesh is opposed to God. The flesh is driven by sin and self. Praise God, we have A new nature from God, by God's grace, through our faith in Christ Jesus. When God saved us, he placed the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is our guide. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Amen? We're new creations in Christ Jesus. We have put on the new self in Christ Jesus. That means we have a new love. We have a new master. We have a new purpose, which is to please God. So, Though we have been saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus, we still battle with the sinful flesh inside us. Though we are filled with the Spirit, sealed with the Spirit, though we're able to walk by the Spirit, we still battle with our old sinful flesh. We must not forget, deny, or ignore this spiritual reality. We can summarize it in this way. And I think you will understand this as I share this. I certainly get this personally, and I think you will as well. There is a literal spiritual tug of war going on inside each one of us between the spirit and the flesh, a tug of war going on inside of us on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, step-by-step basis spirit in us and our flesh, they're opposed to each other. And there's a tug of war going on. The question is who are we gonna follow? Paul talked about this when Paul said, the things I don't wanna do, I do. The things I do wanna do, I don't. What a wretched man I am. Who can save me from this body of death? He was sharing about the spiritual tug of war that raged inside of him. And he was honestly sharing that there's wins and losses every day, throughout the day, hour by hour, at times, minute by minute. Peter told us, To abstain from the sinful desires, which what? Wage war against the soul that wage war inside of us. So we see throughout the word, and Paul is identifying it here for us in verse 17. He's saying, walk by the spirit in verse 16. Why? Because there's a battle in verse 17. There's a battle. You got to walk by the spirit because you're in a battle. And that spiritual tug of war is going on and it's raging. And it comes out most often when we're driving. Oh, man, look at that. Confession is good for the soul. Look at there. It's bad for the reputation, but it's, it's good for the soul. So we know that this tug of war is real. It comes out in us at all times. It's real. And so, thankfully, God has blessed us in the battle. Here's what Paul is reminding us of. God has blessed us in the battle. God placed his Holy Spirit in us to help us live his way. As we walk by the Spirit, we grow in our faith in Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, we grow in our dependence on Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, we grow in our love for Jesus. As we walk by the Spirit, we grow in our trust in Jesus. Therefore, as we walk by the Spirit... We don't want to give in to the desire of our flesh. And as we walk by the Spirit, we're able not to give in to the desire of our flesh. We, only want, we don't want to give in to that desire any longer, the desire that maybe we gave into all the time before. We don't want to give in to that desire any longer. And now all of a sudden, we're able to not give in to that desire because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us because of our growth in Christ. So that's what God's wanting for us. Again, as always, the goal is not sinless perfection, but the goal is to sin less. And Holy Spirit helps us as we walk by the Spirit. We not only begin to notice in our hearts and our minds and our lives that we, we don't want those same sins that man used to just be like a tractor beam that drew us. But not only do we not want them, but we've, Realized because of our faith and our our surrender, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, he restrains us from making those choices we used to make and keeps us from it. And then he continues here in verse 18 and he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So he's now going to talk about this leadership in our lives because we're to walk by the Spirit because there's a battle and we need to be led by the Spirit. So what he's saying here is just kind of a summary statement based on what he said up to this point. If we're led by the Spirit, led means controlled. If we're controlled by the Spirit, if we're led by the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us, he's telling these believers that we will not put ourselves under the law. What that means is we will not try to get to God by our works for God. If we're led by the Spirit, we won't walk by the law, we won't walk by the flesh. If we're led by the Spirit we won't do those things, which has been the summary statement that Paul has been teaching these believers all the way throughout Galatians because they had turned away from God to follow the false teachers and their false teaching based on works. So he said, if we're led by the Spirit, we, we won't follow the law. We won't be led by the law. We won't be under the law. We won't try to get to God by our works for God because we're led by the Spirit. We're controlled by the Spirit. We'll go His way. Now, it's important to point out Here in verse 18, led, that verb led is in the passive voice. The passive voice means that being led is done by a source other than us. The passive voice means we are passive. We are passive in this action. So if you are led by the Spirit, Paul said, That means we are passive in the action. Paul didn't say, if you lead yourselves, that would be active voice. He said, if you are led by the Spirit. So he's telling us, if we are led by the Spirit, which signifies and reminds these rulers, reminds us day by day that we are passive in this walk by the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit leads us. As we surrender ourselves to God each day, we trust the Holy Spirit to lead us to live God's way. So if if we are led by the Spirit, if the Spirit is in control of our lives, then the Spirit is the one who is active. We are passive. The Spirit is leading us. We are not leading ourselves. You're not leading yourself. I'm not leading myself. I can't lead myself spiritually. You can't lead yourself spiritually. The Holy Spirit leads us. So as the Holy Spirit leads us, we actively follow His leadership. He leads us. He's the one active. We're passive. We humbly show up each day throughout the day. We surrender ourselves to God and we acknowledge God, if I have any shot of living your way today, you got to lead. I surrender. And then as the Holy Spirit leads, as he speaks to us, as he leads us, as he tells us to serve, as he tells us to love, as he tells us to give, as he tells us to forgive, as he tells us to encourage, as he tells you to love your husband, as he tells you to love your wife, as he tells you, don't you dare speak that not harsh term. Don't you dare raise your voice. As he tells you, don't you share that emotion with that person in traffic. Don't you get upset and pop off to the waiter if they're not being able to serve you at the proper time or if you're waiting and waiting and waiting, don't you do that. As the Spirit leads in obedience to this word, then we actively follow his leadership. We are active in the sense of following the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God at work in our lives. And the Holy Spirit leads us in God's direction and we actively follow. And that fellowship from us is actually also empowered by God's Spirit in us, which is pretty awesome. He empowers us to follow him. He leads us and he empowers us to follow him as we walk by the Spirit. And he's going to share now uh, some significant some significant reasons why and, and some significant ways the Holy Spirit leads in the ways the Holy Spirit doesn't lead because he continues in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, and let's stop here. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Paul shared two lists in this passage, two lists. These lists help us to clarify, to understand, to know who is saved and who is unsaved, and if the person is saved, whether or not the Christ follower is being led by the Spirit or led by the flesh. This first list is a list of the works or the deeds of the flesh, What Paul is going to share with us is simply this. When the flesh is in control of us, sin will flow from us. When the flesh is in control, sin is ever-present and it flows from us. Paul told us here at the beginning of verse 19, these sins and other sins like them are clear, they are obvious, and they are ugly for all to see. They're clear and they're obvious. And though we can hide at points certain things from others, we can never hide anything from the Lord God Almighty. And these sins will ultimately catch up to us and come out of us So let's look and see what he says. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Verse 19, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity. We could spend a six-week series right here. These first three sins focus on sex. The the, the focus is in a, a nature in regards to sex and God's plan for sex and, and how God wants us to respond to him, one another, and others as it relates to sex. They're, they're sexual in nature, these first three sins. Sexual immorality is actually from the original Greek word porneo, which is the word we get our English word, as you can guess it, pornography from. Sexual immorality refers to Activity, thoughts, and behaviors in a sexual nature outside the boundaries of God in his word that he has set for sex. Now again, God's boundaries for sex in his word are right. God's boundaries for sex in his word are true. God's boundaries in his, in his word for sex are best. God's boundaries in his word regarding sex are very clear and obvious. I mean, you can summarize. I can summarize it in this way. No sex before marriage. No sex outside of marriage. All the sex you want in marriage. Hey, enjoy. I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's great. God's God's boundaries, God's rules are always best. They protect us and provide for us. So, what is Satan's plan? Sex before marriage, sex outside of marriage, no sex in marriage. That's his plan. And with the rise of pornography today, he's winning a lot. He's using that tool in others, but that tool. Significantly, with men and women today to increase sex before marriage, outside of marriage, and to stop it in marriage. This is right where we're at today. He says moral impurity. That means moral filthiness. It means uncleanness. It means putting things before our eyes. It means doing things, saying things, being involved in things that, that are... Immoral, that are not in line with the word of God. He continues to say, promiscuity. Promiscuity means excess. It literally means a lack of restraint spiritually. It means just going past the boundaries just to see how far you might be able to get. Promiscuity, it's an excess, it's a lack of restraint in regards to the boundaries that God has set as it relates to intimacy in our relationships, specifically with our husbands and wives. He continues in verse 20. Look what he says. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions. This is not a nice list. Idolatry is the worship of the created rather than the creator, the worship of the made rather than the maker. Happens all the time. Idolatry. Idolatry whether it's a worship of people or individuals or, 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 or relationships or, or money or power or prestige or popularity. Sorcery its the use of witchcraft, magic, mysticism, in order to somehow commune or communicate with the spirits in the spirit world. He says these other sins, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, they all damage and destroy us, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and our relationships with others that God places around us. Verse 21, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jealousy, as he said in verse 20, jealousy is wanting what someone else has. Envy takes it to the next level. Envy is not just wanting what someone else has. It's not wanting that person to have what they have. It's both. Drunkenness and carousing go together. We all understand what drunkenness is. It's not being led, filled by the Spirit. It's being led or filled by alcohol. And when there's drunkenness, in general, it goes hand in hand with carousing. It leads to carousing. Carousing. Because as a person gets less and less in control of their body and their thoughts and their actions, they do and say things that they would never do or say otherwise. They go places they would not go otherwise. They become friendly in ways that they would probably not be friendly if they were in their right mind. And lead us to say these all destroy our walk with Christ and our witness for Christ, especially our witness for Christ. We have our walk with Christ, and when we, we'll get to it in just a moment. We, we can confess and receive forgiveness. But, man, our witness, our witness, our witness is at stake. That's why he says walk by the Spirit. He's sharing this first list. And then I love what he said. He said, he in said, anything similar, so... He's saying this. I mentioned 15 sins, and in case you're checking off the list and going, "Woo, my, didn't make the list. I am good. I can continue. Uh, he says, and anything else similar. And all the rest. And he says this. He said, I am warning you about these things as I warned you before. He said, listen. I'm warning you again like I've warned you before. He's telling these believers, the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you and me today, saying the same thing. I'll warn you again like I warned you before that those who practice such things, those who practice, practice is in the present tense active voice. That means word making the choice. Those who practice means those who continually, daily, habitually, intentionally make the choice Those who practice such things, such things means sins. It means the works of the flesh. So Paul is saying, those who continually, daily, habitually, intentionally make the choice to sin against God, those who on a day-by-day basis exhibit the lifestyle of sinning against God without any conviction in their hearts from God. Those who daily, continually live in this way, they live by the flesh, they produce the works of the flesh, they will not inherit the kingdom of God, they will not spend eternity with God, because by their actions, by their choices, they are showing that they do not know God, they do not have a relationship with God, by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. He's saying those who practice these things on a continual, intentional, habitual basis are on a collision course with an eternity in hell. They are separated from God because of their sin against God. A Christ follower may give into these sins. A Christ follower may give into a sin here listed, or other sins, or multiple of these sins listed. On occasion, but it is not their continual daily habitual intentional lifestyle. You see, a Christ follower is different. A Christ follower, when they give into sin, whether it's one of these listed or a different one, uh, when a Christ follower gives into sin, they are convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. They know that they did wrong. They are convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God pierces their, their, their minds and their hearts, and they know. We know, man, we have blown it. We did what we shouldn't do. We said what we shouldn't have said. We went where we shouldn't have gone. We saw what we shouldn't have seen and they confess their sin to God, and they forsake their sin, and they run back to humbly surrender to God so that they can walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. So this is a difference. There's a difference. And Paul had shared this. Peter, these, these believers, we see this all throughout the Word of God. God never used perfect people There was only one perfect person. That's Jesus Christ, his son, our savior. These other folks that we see, the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, is full of people like you and like me who made mistakes, who sinned against God and yet confessed and received his forgiveness. Which is, again, why it's so important to walk by the Spirit. Because as we walk by the Spirit, we will be less and less and less inclined to find ourselves checking off the boxes on this first list. Though I do not want you to be discouraged and and think that there's no hope for you. If and when that happens, there's always hope because the Holy Spirit lives within you. He's going to convict you. It's for your best. It's because he loves you. And he wants you to confess that sin and forsake that sin, which means to turn away from that sin. And he wants you to run back and humble surrender to God so that you can walk by the Spirit and say no to carrying out the desire of the flesh. So what is our application? You see, we see these sins. These sins bring us to a need for application. These are sins that we commit in thought, word, and need. These are sins that we commit against God. These are sins that break our fellowship with God. These are sins that we commit against one another and others. These are sins we commit with one another and others. These are sins that keep us from walking by the Spirit. These are sins that keep us from serving one another through love. These are sins that keep us from loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. These are sins that lead us to biting, devouring, consuming each other. So we. Come to this application point again that's so vitally important each week and the application is simple. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Listen, the presence of our sinful flesh inside of us The reality that our sinful flesh wants to control us and lead us away from God and his truth. This spiritual battle that is going on inside us between the flesh and the spirit all point to, all highlight, all spotlight, all emphasize our weakness and our need to walk by the spirit. We cannot help ourselves in the flesh, in our battle against our flesh. We can't walk by the Spirit in our strength or with our wisdom. I love what D.L. Moody, prominent pastor and author, said years ago. He said, I have more problems and more trouble with D.L. Moody than any other person that I know. And That's true. I am my own worst enemy because of my sinful flesh. You are your own worst enemy because of your sinful flesh. Praise God, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world, amen? Praise God we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Praise God we are victors in Christ Jesus. Praise God we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. Praise God. He has placed His Holy Spirit in us. Praise God, we can be strong in the Lord and in His vast strength. Praise God, we can put on the full armor of God and take our stand against our enemy's schemes. Praise God, His grace is sufficient and His power is perfected in our weakness. Praise God, nothing or no one can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus. Praise God, we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Praise God, we know there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God, we know that when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, He will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. We, the righteous, can run to him and find safety. Praise God there is no wisdom, understanding, or counsel that can succeed against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory comes from the Lord. Praise God we can walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise God. Holy Spirit lives within us. So, let me just give you a few points real quick. Walking by the Spirit means I must surrender to God. Let's not forget this. That's key. Surrender. Walking by the Spirit means I must spend time with God. I got to spend time with Him because the craziest truth of all is He wants to spend time with me. He wants to know me. He wants to have access to me. He wants to have access to you, the Holy Spirit. You see, he longs for us to spend time with him. Walking by the Spirit means I must stay focused on God. I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to spend time with God. And then as I get up, I got to go each day. Then I'm going to stay focused on God. This battle between the flesh and our spirit rages inside of us. It's relentless, it's non-stop, it's constant, it's daily. And so we must stay focused on the Lord. As we focus on God, we learn from God and we walk by the Spirit. As we focus on God, we're able to lean on God and we walk by the Spirit. As we focus on God, we're able to be led by God, and we walk by the Spirit. You see, walking by the Spirit simply means living under the power, love, and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Walking by the Spirit means living under the power, the love, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us to serve one another through love. The Holy Spirit leads us to look for opportunities to give ourselves away to one another. The Holy Spirit leads us to respond to unkindness with kindness. The Holy Spirit leads us to love one another as Christ has loved us. The Holy Spirit leads us to love our neighbor as ourselves. The Holy Spirit leads us to take those opportunities to give ourselves away to those around us based on our love for one another. The Holy Spirit leads us to put one another's interests before our own. The Holy Spirit leads us to serve rather than to be served. To bless rather than to look to be blessed. The Holy Spirit leads us to encourage rather than always wanting to sit back until we're encouraged. The Holy Spirit leads us to forgive rather than waiting for for that person to ask for our forgiveness. The Holy Spirit leads us to walk in obedience to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit leads us to walk in unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And you're not going to carry out the desire of the flesh. As we walk by the Spirit, we please God. As we walk by the Spirit, we're blessed by God. As we walk by the Spirit, we're able to be a blessing to others for God. As I'm walking by the Spirit, to me, And one of the ways that I process it in my mind is I t- take this truth and the Holy Spirit works in my mind according to how He's created me. The ways I try to interpret this passage just for me personally is, is walking by the Spirit simply means, Mark, you gotta get out of God's way. Every day, all through the day, so that he can have his way with you, in you, through you, and around you. Get out of his way. He will have his way, and his way is best. Pray and strive to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to me, and God uses it just to remind me the way I'm wired. He just says, get out of my way. Get out. Get out. Get out of my way. Don't take that personal. Don't you do it. you give it to me. Cast it, cast it to me. I see it hurt. I know it hurts you. I know you want to give up. I know you want to throw in the towel. way, with you, in you, through you, and around you. And I believe that's exactly what God is saying to each of us this morning. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not, and I will not, carry out the desire of the flesh. Not because of who we are and how strong we are, but because the Holy Spirit of God living in us. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's gonna come and share this time of response. This is our response to the Lord. And let me just encourage you, maybe you're at one of those points of wanting just to give up, of throwing in the towel. This word has been for you. Walk by the Spirit. The word is just simply maybe for you is just to surrender. Just Surrender. Let go of that hurt, let go of those desires to respond harshly to the harshness you've received, to respond in kind to what's been done to you, Just surrender, spend this time with the Father. Holy Spirit knows you. He sees he was there whenever it happened, whatever it was that was said or done, he was there. He's with you, he loves you. He's just saying, focus in on me. Let me lead. You follow. Because that's best for you. That's best for me. And that's best for all those around us. Listen, you're my brother, sister in Christ. The altar is open as always is. Our ministers, pastors will be down here in front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. It's time for us to do business with the Father. You can kneel right there. Where you're seated, you could come and kneel up here. You could spend this time with the Father. In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing our response of praise to God. But I want to encourage you here in person online to allow the Spirit to work and to move. Confess whatever needs to be confessed. Respond as the Spirit leads. And once again, if you have not yet placed your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, then that... Spirit doesn't dwell within you at this point. You're on your own. And as you know, it's not working out well for you, and it won't until you finally surrender your life to God and receive his gift of salvation by his grace at work in your life through your response of faith in Christ Jesus. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus today and help you come and say yes to him. Our ministers, our pastors standing here, they'd love to introduce you to Jesus. We'll be here help you respond in obedience to the Lord. Let's stand and let's say yes to the Father this morning.